Hello everyone and welcome to the Consumer Friend Podcast. We are on a roll now. When we started out with a commitment to produce these every two weeks, I kind of had a feeling that we wouldn't be able to sustain it. But here we are with the fifth one and we are sticking to schedule. Who'd have thought it, uh, apart from the eternal optimist Louise? So, as you will almost certainly know by now, but I'm going to keep on telling you, consumerfriend.org.uk is a fantastic new website built with trading standards professionals and aims to give you our trusted band of consumer friends, or co-friends for short, free great expert advice on your rights as a consumer. New content is being added every two weeks to coincide with the new podcast, and we seem to be adding more content ideas to our list faster than we can churn them out. Let's hope that doesn't continue or we will never retire. So today is slightly different in terms of consumer rights. We're not actually looking at consumer rights. We're actually going to be looking at the initial stages of retrofitting your home or dwelling, as I like to call it, despite getting the piss taken out of me, out of Louise. Um, so here she is. Uh, Louise is with me today, my co-partner in, cr- in crime and my co-presenter, Louise. Hello, how are you? I am all right. I've got kids here today, so at some point I'm sure somebody's going to join in our podcast as usual. Last week it was the dogs and my mother. This week it'll probably be one of my children. <laughs> it's a family fortunately it's a family business ad isn't it yeah so this, this is, is exactly what happens this is what exactly what happens in real life although i have to say i so i listened to the last podcast on finding good trader excellent podcast by the way and thank you to ben from trustmark uh, for being our very first guest presenter but louise i have got something to say to you Oh, this is where you're going to take the mickey out of me about all of the things that I'm getting quotes for in my house. So, <laughs> I did notice a few things. Um, Louise, woman of the people, Baxter. Oh, God, hit, hit me with it, ads. Come on, hit me with it. So, I'm ready. I'm uh, ready for you. In the last podcast, you said, so you have got a bespoke shortened kitchen island so you can open wine with it. You are currently getting three quotes for blinds at the front of your house. You have a plumber that comes out of you out to you at the drop of a hat new boilers bespoke wardrobes being made up and you're looking into solar panels i mean who the hell are you right firstly firstly i have it's not a bespoke island it's lower (laughs) it's lower right i'm a little i'm a little person adam i need i've got steps in every room every time you've come into my house you laugh at the steps in every room in my house. There are steps right? in every single room. It's hilarious. Fold out steps. So therefore, I had to have an island that was lower because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to open... I wouldn't even be able to open a tin of beans because I would have to stand on my tiptoes every time. So it's not bespoke. Yes, I do have a plumber that comes out, but also, Adam, we grew up in a rugby club. These are like all of the tradespeople tend to be people that we know. Yes. Okay, fair enough. I... And as for the other things about the quotes, I'm getting quotes. I can't afford any of it. I'm just getting quotes. <laughs> it's like my wish list. Well, uh, I think we're going to find out a bit later on about why you probably shouldn't be looking at solar panels straight away and why you should be doing some other things first. But hey ho, we'll mm-hmm. get there. In, we'll get there. We'll get there. So retrofitting your home. Here's a few stats for you. So there are 26 million houses, homes apartments or dwellings louise dwellings oh, adam don't use that word dwellings 
It's not like 1902. Who uses, who even knows what that word but means? But it's a good word. It encompasses everything. Not, it encompasses it's all not, of it. It's a house. It's a property. It's something with plain English. Our unique selling point, Adam, is plain English. Trying to make it easy for people to understand. So there are 26 what, you, million uh, homes, flats, apartments, homes, bungalows, homes. houses, blah, blah, blah. But homes. only half a million of them at the moment uh, meet the correct efficiency rating to hit the desired net zero standard that the government has set out to be oh hang on what's the word oh, yeah so they're trying to reach net zero by 2050 what does net zero mean ads net zero means that by so by 2050 the amount of greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide the uk adds to the atmosphere is no longer more than they take out. So this should make UK the UK's total contribution to climate change, climate change net zero. So zero. So we should be contributing no greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. Whatever we are contributing, we are taking out by other means like planting trees and stuff like that. So basically, what we're saying is, is uh, so when we're talking about fabric first, which we're going to talk about today, and we're talking about net zero and green energy, what we're basically doing is we're trying to save the planet. I mean, there was a there's a great uh, comedian called Jim Jeffries, and I watched him. I watched him the other day. Uh, he does a, does a great piece on gun control. But what he said is, is we're not necessarily trying to save the planet. The planet's going to be okay. The planet is three and a half billion years old. We are trying to save humanity. That's what we're trying to save. Wow, that's deep. That's deep, yeah. I mean, this is supposed to be fun, Adam. If, 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 humanity, if humanity goes, the planet will reset itself. It will start growing yeah. ivy and start growing all sorts of stuff over the buildings, demolishing them. And in another billion years, another race of beings will might don this planet one more time. But yes, yeah, so essentially we're trying to uh, save humanity it's a, it is quite right. deep i'm so sorry yeah no that's all right so also so when I, I listen to some podcasts around this about climate change as well recently and around the fact is that sometimes we feel we get a bit overwhelmed by it like especially with the current news and the and, and all of the stuff that's going on at the moment like gas is going to be obsolete and you need to save your energy and all that stuff with the cost of living crisis actually if we all just do a little bit yes that will help so we don't need to do everything like me getting solar panels electric boilers getting quotes for everything we just all need to do a little bit yes that's exactly exactly it that's exactly it there's 26 26 million people that can or 26 million homes that can that can do a little bit to kind of pushing us towards that net zero excellent yeah, so we're not only responsible for trying to produce more oxygen to balance out the carbon dioxide that we produce by planting trees and all that kind of stuff, stopping the deforestation of the Amazon rainforest, but we are also responsible for producing less carbon dioxide. So we produce carbon dioxide through fossil fuels. So if we can produce less carbon dioxide by making our homes more energy efficient, then that goes some way to helping the world. I'm going to now set you a slight challenge, which is for the next four podcasts, you have to get Amazon Rainforest into the podcast. <laughs> it has to make sense. Can't just okay. drop it in. I'm going to set you a challenge. Okay, wow. so I've got to do Amazon Rainforest. You've got yeah. to not say cost of living crisis. That's, that's, that's my plan for you. What, for the next four podcasts? For the next four podcasts. Can I just change the words I use? <laughs> yeah, I can. Shouldn't have asked that. There's no rules to this challenge. Right. All right, Baxter, game on, game on. <laughs> uh, the winner, but well, the loser, the 
the loser buys the other one a £20 bottle of wine. Oof. I mean, I haven't good got £20. That's, that's, that's cheap for you. It's you've probably, good you've probably got, no, you've probably so, got a you know, like special occasion wine. You've probably got a wine fridge, one of those wine fridges in your in your new <laughs> oh, kitchen, haven't you? I mean, I don't, I don't have the luxury of such things. It's only a little one. <laughs> okay, so it can be really confusing. It's like, oh my god, I've got this, I've got this house. I don't know if it's energy efficient or not. I don't understand how it performs. I need to do my best to try and make it make it more efficient reduce the cost of my bills, all that kind of stuff. Where the hell do I start? Where do you think I start, Louise? I think you start with stopping the energy that you've got in your house from leaking out of your house. Okay. And how... Okay, so how how would you know where, where it's leaking from? Well, I don't know how you would know. I think it's, so when I say energy leaking, I don't mean like light leaking out of your house because people don't worry about light leaking out of their house, do they? But heat more so. So especially when it comes to winter, I mean, we haven't had too much of a problem with heating at the moment uh, because it's been ridiculously hot. But getting, uh, keeping the heat in your house without it escaping through holes, windows, doors, etc., etc., like poorly sealed things, the roof, all of those sort of things. I don't know. How would you? How would you find out where, where your heat was leaking from, Ad? Okay, so you ask an expert. <laughs> I do. That is what you do. I'm, not, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert, but there are people out there who can come out and they can do an energy performance rating on your home. They will look at the windows, the doors, the ventilation, uh, the, the, the walls, the floors, the roof, everything. And they can produce something called an energy performance certificate, an EPC. This tells you how energy efficient your home is and it gives you a rating from A to G. Uh, and it will give it also, I mean, the, the new ones now, they give you an idea of the likely costs associated with heating and lighting your house. But what they also do, and this is the really amazing part, is they will give you recommendations on what you can do to improve the efficiency of your home. Right. So, it's, so let me just right. Let me just go back a, a step. So, I've heard of these EPCs. You have to have one when you move house, don't you? So yes. You have to have one when you're selling your house. You have to get someone to come in and do one. Right. Okay. So that people buying your house know what sort of energy rating your house. Yes. Has got. All new homes have to have one. Right. So. A is best, I'm guessing. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. A is... Right, that's what yeah. I mean. It's like, it's like GCSEs, right? Well, no, not anymore because they're nine... Well, it was for me. Five. Yeah, but you're old, Adam. That's why. Um, right, so EPCs. So you have to have an EPC, um, but actually you could... Could you just get an EPC if you're not moving house just to see how energy, how efficient your house is? Of course you can. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's good. So like I was saying, it kind of looks at the insulation for your floor, double glazing, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and it gives you ideas on what and where you can make improvements. It also gives you the the potential saving you can have on CO two on on expenses. It will give you an idea of how much that product or that um, service that you're going to buy would cost. So you're not going to get ripped off because you've got an idea of how much it's going to cost. Uh, it's really probably worth doing and I'm kind of I'm kind of do, doing the research over the last couple of weeks I'm now kind of tempted to get someone to come out and give me an EPC on my house and see what I can do 
Yeah, but you've got an APC from when you bought your house, which was five years ago, wasn't it? Can't you just look at that one? I wouldn't have a clue where it is. I'm looking around my office and I don't know. <laughs> It'll be with your mortgage paperwork, I would assume. It'll be with all of your paperwork for oh, your okay. house. <laughs> I'll see if I can <laughs> so dig it out. you'll have one from there. Or um, doesn't I think the estate agent has to hold on to it as well. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, could, I because, don't know who my yeah. estate agent was. That was a long time. I mean, I, I've slept a lot since then and probably had a few <laughs> drinks. Well, because I remember in my old, when I used to do a proper job of work as a trading standards officer properly, we used to enforce the legislation to make sure that, th- that these were being done before people sold their houses. So it had to be lodged with the estate agents, I believe. But that was a long time ago. Also, once you have this done, then these EPCs then get put onto a register. Yes. Oh, you can probably apply for it on your register. What does that mean? Like you probably apply if it's on the register, you could probably request it. Ah, so if it was done five years ago, is that within the time frame for when this register know. started? I don't know. Mm. Have a little look. Question, Question for us. us. Question for us. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Question for us. Um, yeah. Uh, it's slightly different in Scotland. I understand. You have a uh, home uh, survey report or a, or a home yeah. report. Home inform- Yeah, it's it's a bit more extensive. It's not just about EPCs. But you but as part of that, you do get. Uh, the EPC, and you have to display your EPC in your home somewhere. Like on the side of your boiler or somewhere visible. An EPC is valid for 10 years and can be used multiple times during this period. So they last for 10 years, so then you have to get a new one after 10 years. Okay. You don't have to get a new one, only if you're selling. Only if you're selling, yeah. Yeah. They have to be produced if the property is marketed for sale or rent at that particular time. Why I went all on a blackman, then I don't actually know. <laughs> it's just playing into your 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 story of being maybe middle class. Right <laughs> I don't think you can get away from it now. <laughs> With my solars and my wine fridge, thanks very much. You have been... the island. <laughs> your card has been marked, Louise Baxter. <laughs> oh, I know. That's it, though, isn't it? Damn it. <laughs> so I've got out. I've got my EPC done. I now kind of got an idea of what I need to do and the kind of things things that I can do to improve the efficiency of my house. But before I go crazy with like solar panels, battery storage, new heating and cooling systems, like heat pumps and all that kind of funky jazz, I need to kind of make sure that uh, the house is performing as it can as it as it should, and that is about shoring up the house so yeah rendering. what's sure you mean not letting all the heat escape? not letting all the heat out yeah Cause Net, you, cause not letting all the heat there'll out. be like yeah. there'll be leaky spots in your house where heat is escaping and you kind of go through and you can maybe put some bit, a bit of insulation into your walls a bit of rendering uh kind of if there's cracks on the outside you can you can make that what, what? That thick, like, cotton wool stuff that goes in your loft. Yeah, loft insulation, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. And so you can reduce the amount of heat that is escaping out of your house. Now, this is already going to reduce your, your bills. It's already going to reduce the amount of CO2 that you're creating and putting into the atmosphere. But there is a problem that comes with that. If you're stopping the heat escaping, you're also stopping the moisture escaping. And 
moisture is kind of good to have in your house. You, it's, it's okay. You can have moisture in your house. Uh, you don't want it to be. Com- you don't want it has to be completely dry, but you don't want the house to be completely soaking wet. So you need to kind of find that balance. So by removing the ability for the moisture to leave to the heat to leave, you're also removing the ability for the moisture to leave. Now there ventilation, Adam. Ventilation. ventilation. Yeah, but what produce what produces moisture? Heat. Yeah. Water. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh my word. Is this a quiz? I feel <laughs> I'm a little bit under pressure right now. <laughs> so my mum's a science teacher. She 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 loves all this. She's great. Condensation. Uh, condens- so, but okay, but what around the house is going to produce moisture? Taps. Taps. <laughs> uh, my tumble dryer, my condenser tumble yes. dryer. Yes. Big one. That 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 moisture. Um, the shower. The shower. Like your hot tap, that yeah. makes steam, doesn't it? Which is moisture. Humans. Humans. There's a lot of humans with a lot of hot air in them. <laughs> there's a lot of those. Oi, you're looking a at me. That's not, that's not fair. <laughs> um, humans. Uh, animals. Plants. Uh, animals. What about yeah, and things like tellies with heat coming out of those and things um, like that. Does that make moisture? Possibly. Don't know. Hair dryers, uh, steam hair dryers. Steam hair dryer. Who wants a steam hair dryer? I don't know. I don't. You've, got, you've put me right on the spot now. So that's when you need to start looking at ventilation and making sure that you've got the appropriate ventilation in your house to make sure that all the heat stays in. Not all the moisture goes, but a lot of the moisture kind of escapes from your house. As so you well. don't get damp. You don't get a mouldy house. You don't basically. get damp. So you don't get mouldy house. I mean, you shouldn't necessarily worry about little bits of mould and little bits of damp around your windows. That's that's part and parcel of life, right? So don't get too uh, OCD-ish about that kind of thing. It's just the larger parts. So once you start making these changes, you might start seeing condensation and mould appearing in lots of lots of places you never thought it would be. Uh, and that's when you can. I wouldn't cope with that. I'd have to do. I'd have to be running around the house with my magic sponge, yeah, like cleaning it all the time. So basically, what you're saying is right. So what we need to do is we need to stop the heat getting out, but we need to not stop. The, but we need to ensure that we've got proper ventilation. But the ventilation doesn't let all the heat escape. Uh, lots of things cause moisture. None of them I know about, which is amazing. Uh, I thought I was fairly intelligent. <laughs> Clearly not. Uh, and but what. It goes back to the fact that actually, if you want this stuff doing, you need it. Your first step is your EPC if you get one, or an expert, yes. like from the last week's podcast, finding a good trader. Look at the Trustmark website, find a good trader on there. There's experts on there that can help you with this and will assess your house and provide you with information on how you can do this in your house. Yes. There's loads Perfect. of good information out there. There, there is, I mean, there's uh, Energy Savings Trust, any any kind of retrofitting website. Uh, Trustmark are a fantastic source for information in terms of finding the right trader for the job that you want doing. Uh, getting someone out to do an EPC, you can go onto Trustmark website and find someone that can do that for you. Uh, there is um, some information on our website as well. It's, it's very... Uh, kind of high level a kind of an overview of simple Adam simple not high level simple it's our, that's our USB sorry. stop underselling our unique sorry. selling point but it is very simple and you can read it very quickly yeah. and get kind of get an, an understanding of what's required around making your home more energy efficient so, so the, the takeaways from this really are whilst we're so the takeaways from today is whilst it feels very complicated and overwhelming and actually we've said this when we've tried to do some research on this we're a yeah. bit like oh this is complicated oh we need to do this actually by reading up on it 
what we're saying to people is we should all be playing our part. If there are things that you can do in your house to ensure you don't lose heat, what you'll do is you'll save money and you'll help save the planet. But actually, there's expertise out there where people can come and assess that. So you don't need all the knowledge. Actually, you need to know. I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't even know that they needed to do this in their houses. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. Ah. Exactly right. You, you, you've, you've nailed it, Louise. Right. Or they're dwellings, Adam. Absolutely. Dwellings. <laughs> it's very important to use the right word. Dwe- dwelling. Dwelling is right. Victorian Adam. I think for some reason, dwelling. a dwelling reminds me about the borrowers for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, I also you're talking to me, and I'm tiny, tiny, tiny. <laughs> right then, I think um, we can probably leave it there. So the kind of key takeaways are: go and get an EPC, and kind of have a little look at the fabric first approach of your house before you start going crazy with heat pumps and solar panels and all sorts of newfangled technology. Uh, thank you, Louise, for today. That was um, that was very good. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to finish with a little testimonial. So we've had uh, someone write to us and talk about how they, that they've helped their mum, I think it was. Yeah, so I'm going to read it before, out. Before that happens, Ads, just to, oh, okay. just to, just to, sorry, I'm allowed a final thought too, you know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right. So when we're talking about getting a trusted trader, so in this space, obviously, it's a new, it's a new space for, for lots of consumers. Um, so there could be increased consumer vulnerability in this because of that marketplace vulnerability. So for consumers, it can feel overwhelming. So it's really important that you engage with a trusted trader in this space because there are people that... That will con you and we don't want that to happen it's also really important that um you're really clear about your personal needs when you're talking to that builder or to that organization who's potentially going to help you we just need to be aware of it because everybody's going to it's quite confusing and like i said to you even though you're going to take the mic my solar panels report i didn't understand it and it, it can make you feel particularly vulnerable in that space. So it's just really important to try and convey to your trusted, use a trusted trader, convey what you're thinking about doing or what, in your language so that you've got a clear understanding between the two parties about what you want to do and what you want to get out of it. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's a real knowledge gap between consumer and trader, isn't there? Yes, yeah. there absolutely is, yeah. yeah. Okay, so back to the testimonial that we will put onto the website. Uh, And thank you very much to Sarah for sending this in. So it says, uh, I managed to help my mum get a refund on a purchase using the information on the Consumer Friends website. She'd purchased a coffee machine online and delivery kept being pushed back. She phoned the company to follow it up and they were unhelpful and it seemed the parcel had been lost. After several calls with no success, she asked to cancel the order and claim a refund. The company told her she wouldn't be able to get a refund and could only cancel within 15 minutes of placing the order. I found the information on the Consumer Friend website regarding the 14-day cooling-off period, which was clear and easy to understand. My mum phoned the company back, quoting the information on the website, and shortly afterwards received an email from the company confirming a refund should be in her account within five working days. How amazing is that? That's lovely. I'll tell you what, though. It's a slight tip. When you put it as a testimonial, we might need to shorten it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I would go with... Consumer friend is amazing. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not and sure help that my mum. Uh, right, <laughs> yep. So, consumerfriend.org.uk, please visit. Uh, please look, 
follow us on socials. I will stick the socials in the social handles into the podcast information. We are going to be back in two weeks and we're going to start looking at the whole house approach in terms of retrofitting. So that is around those heat pumps and solar panels and new boilers. I'm going to have to do a lot more research over the next two weeks. Uh, so hopefully I'll have some great information for you then. Uh, we, we we may well be looking at getting a special guest in as well. So ask an expert, ask an ask expert. An expert. Uh, so then we can ask all the questions and then we don't have to know all the stuff. So thank you, Louise, and thank you, everyone, and we'll see you in a bit. Bye.